0: Welcome back to incremental the continuous improvement podcast. This is our practice edition where we look at improvements from the week and the lean Principles behind them. I am Uriel Eisen
1: and I am Devin Bedoni
0: and quote You can do it right or you can do it right now (laughs) That I don't know who that's attributed to you heard it from your friend. Uh,
1: I heard it from my friend Mike Who's a mas- you, master of quippy uh, quotes, quippy comments, and <laughs> like his his, uh, his nicknaming capacity out of this
0: world? On point. Maybe he should be our first guest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just come on, give us each a nickname, and Mike drop leave. and
0: leave
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. He might listen to this at some point too. So nice. Hi, Mike. If you ever hear this,
0: excellent. Um, yeah. So I have one that falls into that category from this week uh-huh. of
1: it also really harkens back to last week or sorry, last episode discussion of like balancing yeah, thinking through stuff versus just trying to do it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure this is actually <laughs> very, uh, encouraging <laughs> that you can do it right. Or you can do it right now because that's sort of stating that like, you won't do it right. You won't do it right. Yeah, I
0: think that everyone needs to get that through their head. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people put things off because it's not going to be perfect. And the fact is, it will never be perfect. <laughs> so uh-huh. don't wait. Yeah. Um,
1: but also maybe wait a little bit.
0: <laughs> think about where you're going. Simultaneously, don't wait at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do wait a lot. No. Um, uh, we've been 3D printing our gripper fingers yeah. for our automation on our CNC mill. Which has been huge, even though the plastic is crappy and it's falling apart mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah, uh, we finally con them. I think last week, which we uh, talked about. Uh,
1: interrupting you. Do you have it on a schedule to replace them now, or do you wait till you see issues?
0: Right now, we're waiting till we see issues, yeah. and then we have a backup set right there. Yeah, to replace them. Schedule is an interesting thought. We're. Uh, playing with different plastics, so we just did some in PETG, which mm-hmm. I have high hopes for after reading like chemical resistance, etc. Yeah, we'll see if that helps. Um, but the you know the little six millimeter bushing, yeah, that locates them on yeah. the gripper. Um, the bore from that was modeled as six millimeters or slightly over, you know, mm-hmm. for a slip fit. But then I'm printing it horizontally, and so the top of that hole, the top and bottom of those holes, yeah. with the layering of three D printing. The hole ends up being an oval, an undersized oval. Yeah. And so for the past few months, we just take each print, and then I pull out my pocket knife and I sort of whittle away at them a little bit. You know, oh. it's very I've simple. I've drilled them, just with a hand drill. Okay. And it worked pretty well. Gotcha. So I modified the model so that it's a diamond, because uh, I was yeah. I decided locating in the direction of the force is more critical uh-huh. than side to side and it's still a press fit it's just actually you can press and it does fit oh cool um without any mod without any post mod yes so that was one of those i'm just gonna do this as i was modeling it and not working on the new product we're trying to release (laughs) i was like i don't know if this is the move here god damn it (laughs) everything just takes so much time it's crazy it's like i have a whole list at the beginning of the day and then it's the end of the day and you know. I, I, don't I really I, I, feel you there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yesterday, I told at our morning meeting, I was like, "I'm sorry, guys. Like, I feel like I'm just doing a bad job right now." <laughs> and they were like, "What? You, you're doing great." And I'm like, "No, nah, I don't think so." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we could slow down if you want." <laughs> and you know, I was like, yeah. "No, no, 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 no." Also no <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, well, that is. A, I like that. That's a, such a simple improvement
0: yeah so now i I want to figure out how to propagate it more easily across all of them mm-hmm. um obviously, now that I know what the solution is, that makes it easier yeah but um it would be nice to build it into some template somewhere so that it always just gets modeled in automatically yeah um so I have to think about where that goes yeah but yeah, working on that and then just thinking through how to make this the we're we're combining. All 3d printed components in the shop yeah thinking about how we then pull up those prints whether that's uh, right now I'm sort of thinking you click into the file tree in the computer scan a QR code or a barcode that is the full destination that will point you to a current file sorry a current folder that contains the current file for that object is my thought
1: this is the current 3d print file or the actual
0: model file This would just be something you could send to the 3D printer? Yeah.
1: Um, You could, I mean, you could, this would be a very, you probably don't want one more platform, but this would be a very simple Airtable thing.
0: um, Extremely easy to update and keep current. That's not my concern. The concern is sort of from holding a piece of paper in your hand that is the Kanban, how do you walk up to a computer and get it to print your file with as little... Messing around as possible. Well, that's Um, what I'm saying. Like
1: built-in QR codes and stuff. You could just that
0: brings you to the right file Yeah, gotcha.
1: I see like without having to deal with a file tree or anything.
0: I see. Yeah So I guess the step I would be eliminating would be The Let's see. Oh, so the other thing I don't want to do is have to download it Every time to print. Oh because I could do the same functionality, I think, just with Dropbox, which is what I'm currently mm-hmm. using. But I was thinking about that, and I think I would end up having to sort of download it every time, which mm-hmm. would be a bummer. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of trying to figure out. And maybe this function... I, uh, we just got the bamboo printer in. Yeah. Which has been really is very it, awesome. Is it running? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've been printing a bunch of stuff. Cool. And it's very nice. The automatic spool changer is a game changer yeah it just works (laughs) so i actually changed the color amazing (laughs) i mean i have to say looking at that printer next to other printers that are the same price yeah it is in a different league no contact contest yeah Yeah, i mean like a bunch of the designers worked on dji i guess or the founders Uh uh-huh which i think dji did a similar thing to the drone world Mm -hmm. like before that there were a lot of sort of like DIY plus yeah products out there that were very refined and took a huge amount of work and were a huge amount of engineering and obviously a big project but then if you just throw like an order of magnitude more engineering and actually commit to like doing big injection molded tooling you can just like it's a step function yeah um Anyway, yeah, so we've sort of been working on that, figuring out what best to do there. I would love if that printer could uh, scan QR codes, and they, they use QR codes heavily in mm-hmm. the interface. Like oh. It will pull up an error, and it will say, scan this QR code on the screen hmm. to go to a video of how to do this maintenance, stuff like that. So it would be super sweet if you could build a QR code library Or if it made one in its file tree would be so cool. (laughs) Right.
1: Like it's already networked. You got to wonder if there's a way you could go directly from Dropbox, Airtable, something like that. Yeah. To it.
0: Yeah. Or just, I mean, if it was already on the machine also, you could walk up to the machine and scan a QR code. Also,
1: Dropbox Dropbox has like a file folder functionality. Mm -hmm. So you probably wouldn't have to download
0: it. You'd probably be able to just drag and drop. Uh-huh. That's a good point. I was thinking the QR code would bring you to the Dropbox folder on on a web browser, oh. not in your not on your computer. Maybe there's a way right in. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows a way to scan a QR code and have it launch like your file system. Yeah. And then go to a particular location. The best approximation I can come up with is clicking into the file system, going to the, you know, where you'd input a full, I don't know what the correct term, but the routing to get to a particular file. Yeah. You know, it's like user, whatever, files. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that. Um, And then the QR code can just contain text, and then it would input that full direct, you know,
1: address. Hmm. Like you'd copy and paste the address?
0: No, you just click into that cell and scan it with a QR code scanner on the computer. Mm-hmm. And it would just write it out in there. Gotcha. And then the hit search. enter. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Is it, That seems
1: like a lot of workarounds to avoid downloading.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, hmm. There's got to be a better way than either one of these. If I'm, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're saying scan it. It takes you to Dropbox or whatever hosting. Yeah. Then you just download it and drag it. I don't know if I want to wait for the download. Does it really seem like hard to just open up a file? I'm not sure. Click into a cell, scan, hit enter, and then you have your file and you can drag that into... I mean, it's annoying. It's definitely annoying. I would love to just be like, I I, I sort of wish they built a file manager into their slicer program. Uh, Kind of? uh You know?
1: The bamboo?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we could walk up to the machine and drag and and
1: and drop into their manager on your desktop, kind of a thing.
0: Or just open their program. If you have a Kanban for a 3D printed part, go open their program, scan a thing. Or even better, walk up to the CNC, scan a thing, and it retrieves it from the cloud. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, (laughs) we'll find a way. I'm sure. Write in with your
1: ideas. Yeah, give it a few years; it will exist. Incremental CI on Instagram. (laughs) Better yet, send finished code. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, we had kind of a like I said, I feel like I've been kind of behind on things, so sort of a light, another light week on improvements but a couple little ones we had a part that had a very small id groove that we had to inspect okay not super tight tolerance plus or minus two thou Mm -hmm. tight enough that you need to measure right for sure um and i was like how are we gonna do that we didn't have a id groove mic i didn't want to buy one micrometer yeah for that job they're very expensive relatively speaking um and it occurred to me that so with a digital height gauge you know you usually use a sphere mm-hmm. or sometimes a a disc yeah and technically you want the disc to have to be a section of a sphere so that it only contacts one point
0: that makes sense
1: um but all that really matters is that it's ro- actually round um it doesn't even necessarily need to be concentric to the like shaft it's attached to sure um because the mic- the digital height gauge is not that smart, right? It's just measuring yeah. in an a-, a single axis. Um, so I was like, well, our lathe isn't amazing, but it does make circles, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So I had Quorum make a custom little disc stylus for uh-huh. us um, to be able to measure that groove. Very cool. And it worked. That's awesome. Which was great. Saved a lot of money. Wow. <laughs> and now we have a cool little ID groove stylus for... For the height gauge.
0: And the absolute dimension of all of that is really not important. Doesn't matter in the slightest. Yeah. Aside from like a spherical face a spherical outside would be nice, but also in that range. In that range. Not, not essential. Not
1: essential. Yeah. That's cool. Um yeah, you calibrate it on a known master mm-hmm. and it inputs its dimension. So it can be good to know what the size is, so you can compare yeah. and be like, does that make sense? <laughs> right. But you can also just measure it with a micrometer. Again, for this for this level of precision, you can measure the stylus with a micrometer. Make sure that the calibrated dimension matches. Yeah. And typically, and just
0: rule of thumb for metrology is you want to be able to measure ten x your yeah. resolution or the the decimals you care about. So yeah, you're beyond that, I think thousands yeah it measures in tenths yeah. I mean
1: it repeats to two tenths okay yeah. so and then we to qualify it we um, we just keep a gauge block there for like a linear measurement and then we have a uh, what do you call it a ring gauge mm-hmm. that we'll just test on for bores before we do any bores and you know it was measuring that stylus was measuring within um, what is it two Hundred thousandths. Okay of actual of the ring gauge. I was like well Temperature in our shop could
0: cause that much variation easily. So Pretty co- pretty confident <laughs> right. in it Interesting. <clears throat> I, I yeah. just talked to great conver- uh, had a great conversation with the head of product at a uh, big climbing gear company mm. and or I guess he's the ex-head of product, ah, <laughs> um, right? Uh, which is why I was talking to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> to no. say you don't usually get them when they're active. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and it was interesting hearing you say that. Um, he was talking about ISO nine thousand. Yeah, which I've heard other people talk about it. I think it was the guy from Pro Shop back two, two yeah, episodes. I have a friend
1: a who's just going through the process right now. Very cool. Actually, I think he just got stamped. And wow. it's funny because like. I always think about it in terms of manufacturing, yeah. machining, uh-huh. whatever. And I was like walking into my house the other day and I looked over and there was like a big, like a <laughs> one gallon olive oil cone or uh, can. And I looked on the side and it was like ISO 9000. I was like, oh, well, I guess it applies to everything. <laughs> any, any goods you could buy, like, there's, yeah, there's quality standards.
0: And the funny thing is it's really just a question of do you have standards for every single thing in your facility? Yeah. And then are you following those standards? Yeah. And what people, I guess the mistake people often make is writing very complicated standards. Yeah. Instead of just documenting literally what you're doing now. Yeah. And then making sure you continue, you to, continue do it. to do it or update the standard. <clears throat> um, yeah. And that, bo- that goes down to like pretty granular stuff. Like every single person in your facility there's a procedure for why they're there right they're employed they're a guest whatever it is mm-hmm. they need to be documented right and whatever so like it does change things but yeah it doesn't have to change as much as you, as you necessarily think but I, I was just thinking about your measurement process Do you uh-huh. have a process for it's high, <laughs> been on my mind lately with uh trying to get to um load rated yeah. equipment or looking at how we might do that yep like where all that stuff gets logged the calibration who calibrates when is that something you guys have done or nope yeah i had to fill out a very embarrassing questionnaire
1: the other day for a new new <laughs> client that was basically about all of this stuff they gotcha like, do you have this no do you have this no do you have this yeah no um That being said, like, I have good confidence in our work. And and like like you're just saying, like, we do a lot of those things. Right. They're just not documented.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't... The other thing is, like, none of this is free. So, like, I think the other... Yeah. Like, it's all time. So, like, even though you say no to all those things, they might be like, great, that's fine. (laughs) Like, we don't need any of that for this current project. Yeah. They did have follow-up
1: questions, but uh this particular...
0: Yeah. Client.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, if, if your customer and that's kind of what I was like, I was like, Hey, we do mostly like outdoor sports stuff. No one demands this and they don't want to pay for it. Right. So that's why we don't do it. We're happy to do some of this stuff for you or like document our procedure. Um, But yeah, just like don't do extra work. If yeah. You're not getting paid for it basically.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I really want to get better at, um making and working from SOPs in our shop like we have started documenting a lot of processes but we don't always reference those documents yeah which feels really pointless when you documented it yesterday and you're like let me work off the thing i just wrote down it feels kind of weird and like a waste but i think building that practice and building that um i don't know if culture is quite the word cuz it's Kind of mechanistic. It's just literally how we do work. Uh huh. Anyway,
1: I have, <clears throat> have been using, calling it an SOP thing is a little bit of a like there are SOPs in there, but we're also using it as just a general reference. Uh huh. It's built in Airtable, so like we have a thing for machine. We have a section for machine maintenance, like common maintenance tasks. Um, like I'm built one for CAM programming reference where it's like oh, I'm always going to look for that like whatever like m- metric fine pitch sti tap drill chart right and it's like it always takes me a few minutes to find it on the internet like yeah. I finally just like downloaded it and uploaded it to this thing it's like nice. here's your tap drill thing and then <clears throat> some of the things that like you don't do that often um like calibrating your tool setter calibrating your probe and having them there has been amazing
0: (laughs) yeah it's funny it's almost like if you do a thing every single day yeah it feels almost more pointless to have an sop yeah it's not turns out but it feels that way (laughs) yeah
1: but everybody should just go and start doing it right now searching through emails so obnoxious
0: yeah yeah, my issue currently, I mean, it sounds like Airtable has sort of solved this for you is like having we talked about this like a single source of truth, right? Yeah. It's like what platform is this on? Uh-huh. Is it on Google Drive? Is it on my computer file system? Is it, you know, there's just like yeah. three and then instead of searching through emails, you're searching through which one is it? Right. So like having a go to become a standard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a few things about Airtable that I'm kind of like, come on, guys. But for the most part, it's it's more than an 80% solution.
0: It's like a 98% solution. I don't know enough about this, but I just yesterday had a call with a buddy of mine for like an hour and a half where he walked me through. He built a CRM Uh in Coda, which is a lot like Airtable, but Uh has some interesting functionalities. It is built... More around building automation in workflows. Uh-huh. So, like, you can easily make buttons that do things. Yeah. Um, and so, it sort of does. It, it is a relational database, but it also it's a relational, relational database, which is kind <laughs> of interesting. I'm sure you can do, I would guess you can do most of the things you can do in Coda that you can do in Airtable. Uh huh. Maybe not quite as slick. I think, yeah. It seemed pretty interesting, so I'm gonna do a little more digging on that. Huh. Um, my brother has done a bunch of messing around with Airtable. By no means an expert, but yeah, like run into like functionality gaps of like, okay, you can't quite do that. You yeah. can there's sort of a workaround here, and you can do it sort yeah. of. Yeah, and this seems to have maybe fewer of those. But again, I really don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But exploring <laughs> it before I kind of dive into one. Makes sense Yeah GA <clears> 3 <throat> that? Not yet Not yet <laughs> Hopefully I will Um Let's see Oh yeah We improved our improvement board Ooh <laughs> Um So we've been talking about it for a while It's just sort of ranking things Yeah And so we did a Two axis I mean it was a two by two Um What's it called? Right Thingamajiggy Great Table Table Uh Matrix that's Matrix. Yeah, um, but we made it more of a gradient now um, but basically Cost on one axis and impact on the other axis and mm-hmm. then you just kind of place your idea Or your problem. So each one of you has a Matrix no, there's just a big one up on the wall and whenever oh. we write things we throw them up there And then we've started we we just did this yesterday. So very new um, But already it's kind of like, okay, look at this top like Top right corner and then sort of like approach things on a diagonal gradient down to the left, uh-huh. where all the way down at the left is low impact, high cost. Uh-huh. Which you shouldn't do. <laughs> come up with more. <laughs> is there a lot of stuff in that corner? <laughs> there's so there's some. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it'd be nice to have whatever it is, right? Like a new computer here, like a powerful new computer that's a few thousand dollars and for making a label would probably right i i don't know why you do that but right like yeah every now and then there's some that are right and there's
1: we want this it is a high cost just
0: inherently yeah we don't really need it um and you'd use it once a month or twice a year Hmm. um i like it yeah so that that was nice and then we started circling ones like so again it's impact across one axis so high impact low
1: impact high cost low cost yeah
0: and cost is money and and time kind yeah.
1: of all rolled into one and so very subjective high impact and low cost are at one corner
0: yep gotcha yeah and so yeah kind of kind of handy and then we're gonna implement more color coding uh we started tagging things that are like 15 minutes or less for just like weird gaps in your day yeah. or like you need a break or <laughs> you know just and then i think also one anyway i think we're gonna do one that is around like Super like things that you just need to buy a thing, yeah. right? It's just like, okay, at some point we just need to go do a little shopping. Yeah. Um, I like that idea. I will probably copy you. Please. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that, that's been pretty good. And then it's also, I mean, it's super subjective, but definitely makes you think yeah. in a good way about placing it. Right. And you start to start reading the ones around it and going like, oh, like it doesn't feel... I don't know. There's issues with it. Like building a loft does not feel the same as like a better holder for our Kanban cards. (laughs) Like, right. But you're placing them on the same graph. And so it's a little weird in that way. I guess
1: that's where the color coding for time investment comes in.
0: Yeah. The other issue is like if something is very high cost, but also very high impact. Uh-huh, like it starts being one of those things of like it's very high, this other thing then is very very high, <laughs> like <laughs> do you know what I mean it's yeah, like totally <laughs> stuff starts yeah, and it's all relative, so it you know has has room for improvement, I think, but it's I, pretty good, yeah, and I think that kind of comes
1: back to that like the itch to like you know. Completely like subdivide your subdivided folders into like all the categories and at some point you just got to be able to like Look at the things and make a quick comparison in your head and be like, yeah, we have time for this today We don't have time for this today. Let's do this. Yeah, and like this one's annoying right now. Let's do this
0: Maybe we'll make another color designation. That's like big projects. Yeah, right like this is a month This is two months. you know, like rather than like this is five days or of your one hour of improvements. Yeah so, we'll figure it out. Um, but that was a, a nice improvement.
1: Cool. A uh, very small one that we did. Um, we So, we have workstations at each machine. They are like a plywood kind of bench. And underneath, yep. underneath the bench is like um, sheet pan slide-in areas where we put all our whip and stock. Um, and then above the bench is a smaller like desktop where we have a computer. Um, and we've found that the calipers, like we have a tr- a designated tray. That's kind of at the top of the sheet pan rack mm-hmm. that's for like deburr and inspection stuff. Okay. Um, and then we have another one next to it. That's for QC where we put parts before we check them and put them in with all the finished parts. Anyway, We found that the calipers digital calipers and sharpie are just like always floating on the bench okay or just like looking for a a place to live they almost never get put back on that tray um and it's annoying and then the sharpie walks away etc etc so quorum designed and 3d printed a little holder that goes on the top that's just like a hole for a sharpie to stand vertically and then it's got a little like relief for the end of a calip- of a six inch caliper, so this caliper stands upright, and so it's kind of out of the way. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy. Nice. He made several of them, and we we like looked online, and there were a bunch of more like a holster style for calipers that like the upper part hangs on. Okay. But we were kind of like walking around, being like, "Where do we stick this?" Like. Gotcha on the side of something like it could have gone maybe magneted on the machine or something but there wasn't a great opportunity nice so we we went with this design and so far it's working pretty well
0: that's cool um so i'm realizing we've we've failed so far at (laughs) uh, discussing what we noticed and Uh, (laughs) what lean (laughs) principles apply uh so in this case that's sort of like hunting around for things. Yeah. Would probably be the main one it's fixing. Yeah. What would um,
1: it... It's... What is the... What would be the waste of, like, having things out of place or, like, general chaos? <laughs> 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 that is trying great. to eliminate general chaos <laughs> that's,
0: that's a ninth, ninth lean waste It's actually the Gen- it's, it's waste the zero first, Yeah, yeah That's I think maybe more it um, Yeah, I mean It leads to everything It's like ambiguous mm-hmm. You end up driving up rejects You drop your calipers You go looking around for things um, A lot of waiting If you're looking for stuff wasted human potential yeah yeah um one we we also have our sharpies oriented vertically do you have the tip down or the tip up we have the tip up Corum had the idea of actually
1: making the 3d print become the cap
0: Ooh, i love that
1: we weren't sure if it would be a tight enough fit to keep it from like drying out but it might be worth it only one way to find out (laughs) v2
0: yeah what if you just 3d print and then glue the current cap in oh that's a good idea and then that cap just stays in there forever Mm -hmm. i like that all right new product g1.5 yeah 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 um
1: yeah what was the lean waste you're solving with your with your printer your new printer
0: the new printer, yeah, I guess, uh, like, all the SMED stuff applies. I, I think it's like, let's see. I don't know. There's something about convenience. When something becomes so convenient, you just do it. Uh-huh. I don't know what lean waste that is solving. Maybe it's just a psychological thing. But, like, SMED, like, I don't need to go to the printer, start heating up the filament, waiting there while it heats up to change the what plastic I'm using to print. Yeah. So the fact that you don't have to do that makes a really big difference. So maybe it's eliminating primarily waiting for the for the like if the printer heated instantaneously, it probably wouldn't be that annoying. Mm-hmm. But you have to walk over, you say, "I want to unload the current filament." It warms up, then you. I think that kind of goes under over processing.
1: What are you over processing? Like the whole process. There's just like way more going on there that requires your attention and and. um
0: and active like engagement than necessary. Yeah, and then you're picking up spools and moving them and reorganizing your spools and finding the right one and putting it on the machine. Yeah, um, which you could which could be solved in other ways besides spending a few thousand dollars on a new printer. So maybe that's not exactly it. Um, anyway, there's like smed defect. It's quality too. Yeah, um, and then the other is waiting on prototypes. So this mm-hmm. thing is like two to four times faster yeah and i think i was sort of thinking about this yesterday when i wrote this down um there's a bit of a question in my mind around like if a process is idle a lot then it is probably wrong to say that faster is like it's tempting to buy fast machines I was kind of trying to think, is there a scenario where I could have achieved the same thing with a slower machine? But the issue is that you kind of want to test your current design. Yeah. And so the only way I could come up with is running two designs in parallel. Right. So like you're working on one 3D printing that and while you're 3D printing project A. Yeah. Even if they're two like variants of the same product. Uh-huh. Like two branches or something. The way the
1: slow machine works requires that you have a lot of foresight or like, yeah, lead a lot of vision into what you would, are going to need to be making, which prototyping yeah. is not that you need to find out. You need to come up with a thing and then find out immediately if it works
0: or not. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, I don't know, there's merit to both. There's merit to not immediately going like we need a faster machine. Yeah. But then also, if it was instantaneous, that would be hugely powerful in terms of single piece flow. So like somehow thing about like the mental focus of working on one project, mm-hmm. and only one project, and then having all the thoughts about like flip flopping back and forth every 20 or to 40 minutes mm-hmm. feels hard. Like, w- yeah, whether that's, even if they're two variants of the same product. Yeah. You, f- I don't know. So, yeah, so that's been big. So, like, yesterday I got through, like, five iterations where normally I could only do, like, two. Uh-huh. Um, granted, cool. I also was in the shop till 1230. So, so. <laughs> that also might have been something to do with that. Not PM. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. And um, the improvements of your
1: improvement board. Yeah. That problem- seems like an over-processing thing. Like you were
0: having to over process To kind of keep reading all of them To decide what to do next yeah. I think was yeah over processing um, Maybe that's the main one mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think what else mm, I mean you could no. I was going to say defects By like doing the wrong improvement But that's not really a defect That mm. would be like a Wasted human potential Yeah possibly yeah, it's probably probably processing of the data. Mm-hmm. Um, now the alien wastes are not—that's not it, right? That's not the full <laughs> picture, which is why there's books yeah. beyond just like here are the alien wastes and that's the QED, right? Like, yeah. I, so I think like you are eliminating these are the wastes that they identified, but there's other systems at play, other things going on <laughs> yeah 100 besides an accumulation of these eight things and um kind
1: of like we talked about it about having to like keep all this stuff in context and place it in the context of your own system and not become dogmatic Is like and we've talked about this in the past of like coming up with your own wastes like i do suspect over the years we will generate our own lists of being like this is what they had and these are really the ones that we focus on
0: Yeah, and even if that's just a different word that means the same thing to you, but better for you, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not a. They don't have ultimate authority on (laughs) being lean. They are the best at it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, uh, but either way, they're quite good at it. So it is worth looking at their work, Mm -hmm. cheating off of their test. (laughs) Um, No.
1: Nice. Um, This actually was a few weeks back, but I forgot to mention it. I ordered uh, parts for a flip station. Yep. Very cool. I have not made it. In fact, I haven't made any of the new automation parts for the new Trinion system. What have you
0: been doing? (laughs) Just sitting
1: around? (laughs) Yeah. Just twiddling my thumbs. Yep. Sometimes I wonder. Uh, But I actually have to do that very shortly because... A repeat automation job, that's it, awesome. Is wait, tomorrow? <laughs> Whoa! Very shortly. <laughs> very shortly, it will be uh, the part. The job won't be late, but yeah, machine will probably be idle for a minute. Actually, probably be making the parts for the automation. Nice. Um, but phase two will be adding the flip station, which I'm pretty
0: excited about. That? Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, big. Be the big. first time I flipped a part, it was a big deal. I was like, "Oh my god!" Did I you? Can't whoop? I, I did. I jumped around. I was like way more excited than I anticipated being because of course you're yeah, you been thinking about it, about it for months. months. Yeah, exactly. And then it doesn't. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's it? It does it. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um,
1: yeah. It's pretty amazing when things just kind of work and you're like, uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Um, uh, so lean waste there would be over processing that we will be hoping to solve
0: of moving parts to flip them extra handling yeah extra handling waiting on the part on the like batch right right you're waiting the all the parts are waiting Mm -hmm. to be processed to to reach the next process and then downstream processes are waiting to have parts to become Mm non-idle um defects Definitely decreases defect because instead of making 40 defects, you make one defect. (laughs) Um, So that's big. Yep. Uh, Transportation, not so much. It increases wasted motion because, well, not massively. Not really. Yeah, you're right. A pallet to single-piece flow increases wasted motion of the machine. Yes. Doing more tool changes, but system-wide it is a benefit yeah um nice oh i'm I'm trying to add captive screw tabs well, uh, to as an improvement to the 3d printed uh gripper fingers mm-hmm. and then just have the screws live in there so you print them in so i just print in a little barb on the inside of the bore and then you just press the screw past the barb and then it can't fall out oh that kind of captive yeah, yeah okay I think that'll be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not like I thought you meant like print it in place. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. No, this would you'll just press fit it in and then it will live in there cuz sometimes they fall out and then you're searching around for them. Yeah. And so I was just going to place the barb such that the screw can be fully retracted essentially yeah. from its threaded hole, but um, not fall out. Yeah. So that would be wasted motion when a screw falls. Is that a defect? It's a defect in the process, right? Like you don't plan for that in your process of like searching for a screw. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a wasted human potential for sure. I would say that's the one I noticed the most walking around the shop is just like, sometimes you don't actually care about efficiency. You're just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to crawl around on the floor looking for a <laughs> screw, this is solvable. So I, I think that is like a big one for me.
1: Yeah, this actually jogged my memory. And it kind of comes back to the, like, not overcomplicating your solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't really worked on a turret lathe, but... No. Often changing inserts and stuff. For one thing, the tools are sort of upside down. Yeah. So depending on where you choose to place it, that it, it can be in a perfect position to fall, the screw, the screw okay. and the insert to fall. And down there below is the chip conveyor. Mm. It's a little bit of like a... <laughs> it might as well have gone to space. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, And we've lost, we've had some annoying times where we lost a screw. and didn't have a spare for, you know, the whole deal. So the other day, Ariel was like, she dropped one, but she found it. And she was like, I think we need to make something to like solve this. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And then I was like, how about we just put a sheet pan here? (laughs) And there's like the, uh, the ways for the tailstock uh-huh. are basically like a little table and a sheet pan like perfectly bridges across them to awesome. the way cover. And like theoretically if something fell on the back way cover, it wouldn't land on the sheet pan, but it would hopefully at least get wedged. But mostly what you'd be doing would be over the sheet pan. And I was like, well, and also you can put all the things, your your screwdriver and your whatever mm. right here while you're working. So you're not having to place it on top of the machine or like find a random right. bench. So I was pretty proud of that. that's awesome I would solution.
0: add a tether to that that drapes through the door so you can't close the door with it in there I think it's too big. Oh good. Yeah <laughs> Hate to hit cycle start with a sheet pan in there. Uh-huh. I think the sheet pan would just die Okay
1: Maybe I would probably do some damage. I mean it wouldn't be great. It <laughs> like, would not be, be preferable. Way. It's not ideal not
0: have it. <laughs> um Here's one I'd love to get your your thoughts on. Oh, so that would be the problem you noticed. Yeah, dropping a screw. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, Um, and nice solution in not in a standard something you already own and can replace. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking at color. So I was looking at like uh, I texted you yesterday about those those markers. Mm -hmm, The Molotov markers. Yeah, they're not cheap. Um, How much are they like seven bucks a piece? Oh, maybe okay. No, I was looking at a different one I was looking at like Markall Which I think is like a more industrial Okay company. Yeah, and by more industrial. I'm not sure I mean better. I just mean more expensive. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, maybe (laughs) I haven't tested them head-to-head, but um, I was then looking for you know those things for I don't know what they're called write-in if you know a little piece of plastic with like a barbed little thing to press into holes to fill holes you see them on like sheet metal products sometimes uh, do you yeah. know what i mean like if those came in a bunch of colors i could just 3d print holes in my parts and then you just oh. press the correct color in uh-huh. the closest i've found so far which i think i'm going to order for general use but they're a little smaller than i want are a dental tool silicone um they make color coding for yeah. for dental tools. They're little silicone donuts that are yeah. color coded. Little rings. Yeah, and so I was thinking you could just print an under slightly undersized uh, ID bore that you press those into, mm. and that would give you a little spot of color. What I like about that is I don't need to do a, a, a color change on the on the on the three D printer when I'm making stuff. I can yeah. do it in anything. Um, and then you can repurpose if you need to yeah that. like it's just kind of I just want like a universal like I could drill holes in a in a different product and plug them in like it's just very easy so anyway I've I've been hunting around for little like press fit caps and I don't really care what size they are I mean my stuff is all pretty small so ideally it's pretty small um because my previous idea was to sort of instead of needing every single color to be on the 3D printer Mm-hmm. In every material I want to 3d because some of the part, some of the stuff I want to 3d print like polycarbonate doesn't really come in every color mm-hmm. Filament and so anyway, I need to colorize it So one option is to use markers after the fact in a like a post process I've been thinking about making the Kanban sort of be a work order, which it is but just have full instructions on how to make the thing On it. So it's like 3d print this add this color to these parts, right? It would just have like a call-out or a little drawing Oh, so you know what you're making.
1: yeah Sorry, I just did a search for the yeah. sheet metal plugs. Looks like they only come in black. But, um, <clears throat> jogged my memory because something came up. Um, for masking, for uh, powder coating, uh huh, they make silicone colored yeah. plugs. And they make them, they're like a little, they might not stay in super well, but.
0: Right. I did see those. I didn't see them in all the colors. Like, I saw the different colors were designated for the different sizes, mm. but. I mean it's absolute I know this exists, right? right? Something is out there under some name that's like, oh yeah, we use those all the time in I don't know what Right. Um anyway, so if you know of an option, please write in. Um and this is sort of improving the systems for improving things such that they're easier to do and yeah. so they happen. Yeah. I think. And I feel like maybe this is, like, my ADD talking of, like, I don't know. I'm always, like, I'd rather spend an hour improving how a thing gets done than spend, like, 15 minutes doing it when I know I'm going to have to do it again and again. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. And so you can always go a level out of, like, and it's super cool what happens. Like, you can do problem solving, but then you can also improve the system that you use to problem solve. Yeah. And then you can probably improve the system of improving the system of improving how you problem solve. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway.
1: You could just 3D print a bunch of your own plugs.
0: It's an option. Yeah. That might be the best option. Do that once and have like right. a bunch on hand. Right. Yeah. I was even thinking like I'm thinking about getting an injection molding machine. Like a little baby one. Mm. No. Oh, a giant one. I don't know. I n- I don't know what to get. Um, <coughs> I, I, I think... Um, anyway. Not sure exactly if that's going to happen, but... Not in your space, it's not. <laughs> I have some space. They're pretty big. I built that loft. That was for another CNC. They're pretty heavy. Oh, you built the loft so that the downstairs...
1: Yeah. Have you been around many injection molding machines?
0: I mean, I know there's massive, massive ones, but I think there's... The full like there's some shop tours. I mean it's like the size of a cnc. It's like the footprint of an r450 I think it's like kind of long and skinny. Yeah,
1: I feel like they're often a little longer. Okay, but maybe i'm wrong
0: Yeah, probably depends on what you get. Yeah (laughs) Um, I was also thinking like doesn't I think saunders has a bunch of colored plugs made for their fixture plates Oh, so I was gonna look at those those might work too. Uh Uh-huh They're probably kind of big but they might be bigger than I want. Yeah Cause I think they have them injection molded in different colors. Lastly, I could just get them injection molded in different colors. That's true. But what's the fun in that? Do I want 10,000? No. <laughs> when you anyway, could buy an injection molder yourself <laughs> whenever. I, yeah. I, I got into sewing. I, I joke. I, you know, that I couldn't find a bag at a price I wanted to pay because they're like a, a nice bag is like 250 to 300 bucks So instead uh-huh. I spent a few thousand dollars on sewing machines <laughs> and like five years. To- yeah Yeah, uh, I feel you. That's how we roll. Yeah. Anyway <clears throat> <there's- laughs> Anything else We could come up with a
1: Some kind of a term for that. That's just like the only way to live <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny DIY or die something like that yeah (laughs) anyway that was that got a little rambly there sorry
0: everybody um yeah i think that's that's all i got yeah thanks all for listening yes indeed we will see you again next week you can find me at austere underscore (laughs) manufacturing on instagram you can find me at lichen underscore mfg And you can find the podcast at incremental CI also on Instagram. Love hearing from everyone. Uh, We get some really awesome emails and uh, direct messages uh, from people who know a lot more about various aspects of this stuff. Or like someone sent a whole big thing on like a very clever naming convention system that lets you get unique identifiers without referencing like a database to know what your next serial number is. Um, yeah. So just really interesting little details. Um, super helpful, and we try to share on here and kind of all learn together and improve together. So. Indeed. Uh, that's all. See you guys next week. Alrighty.